Hey everybody, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to another exciting week on ScaleUp. So let me ask you this, what drives us as humans to reach our goals, to realize what makes us great? And therefore, what happens when we tap into that greatness and focus on that path? Okay, some pretty deep questions, but you know I like to kind of get into this and mindset, so you're in the right place. And today joining me is Ben Newman, who's a highly regarded performance coach and international speaker whose clients have included Fortune 500 companies around the world, business executives, sales organizations, and a whole heap of athletes, both professional and amateur across the NFL, the PGA, the NBA, the Major League Baseball, the UFC, the NCAA. For those who don't know all those acronyms, it's essentially some of the largest sporting organizations across North America. Ben is also the author of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling book called Uncommon Leadership, which we're going to talk about on the show today. And more importantly, how you can apply the principles mentioned in the book to your life, your career, and your business. Now, this isn't a long episode. It's actually a lot shorter than some of the interviews I do. But rest assured, it is packed with a lot of value and a lot of different things that you can take away. They talk about why and purpose, but they forget to talk about the burn, right? Your adversity and challenge has put a burn in your life that ignites why and purpose that then causes you to take the action that most people are unwilling to take. One of the things that really struck me is people who have success and consistently have success year in, year out, what is it that sets them apart? Okay, so therefore from that, what is uncommon leadership and how can you apply that to your own life? And then we're going to get into a topic called the burn, right? I'm not going to spoil the surprise. And how do you identify your own deep rooted burn, lean into that and make it become a powerful thing that drives you forward? We also talk about not allowing your emotions to affect you as we show up and instead focusing on what can make us great. When you are uncommon and you do understand that burn, you keep showing up regardless of challenge and adversity or how much winning you've done. To make sure you listen until the very end, as Ben also shares, as I said, what this burn is, therefore his motivation, what inspires him to be such an amazing light to the people that he coaches and inspires. So without further ado, here he is, Welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley, Ben Newman. Hi, everybody. It is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to another amazing episode of Scale Up with me, Nick Bradley. But it's not about me. It's about my amazing guests. And I'm delighted to have on the show today, Mr. Ben Newman. Ben, welcome to Scale Up. Nick, thank you so much for having me on Scale Up. Fired up for this opportunity to be with you and all your listeners. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to this. I knew you would bring the energy <laughs> and the enthusiasm because <laughs> that's kind of what you do. So we're going to talk a lot today about leadership, specifically uncommon leadership. And just before you jumped on, I was reviewing your book and going through the amazing stories and anecdotes and inspirational things that happen. But before we get into that, how did you get to what you do? I know that you are a motivational speaker. You work with some of the world's most premium uh, and well-known athletes. And you talk a lot about the mental game and the leadership game, but how did you get to that? You know, it all started with my work in the corporate world. You know, I, I think that's what a lot of people now see is they see the, you know, championships that we've won in sports, but we've also won some championships in boardrooms. But before any of that happened, 
You know, it all started for me, similar to probably every single one of your listeners with finding out about myself and finding out about the strength that lied in me through challenge and adversity that I had to endure as a young boy. And then finding out the importance when you lose things as a young child, lost my mother. When you lose things, lost my my parents, divorced when I was six months old, never knew them together. So significant adversity and challenge. You find out what you have inside your heart. And you also find out the mentors, the coaches, the family members who rise up to help you understand you have strength in you to battle through your adversity. And so that, that that's really me. And I think for all of us, you know, our stories are oftentimes written through the pain and the challenge, not the great things that you're going to want me to. No, no, uh, no, no, no. You're in the right place. No, you're in the right place, Ben. No, no, because people might know my story similar to yours. You know, I had family break up very young, lots of challenging things that happened. And I look back now in hindsight and say, any success that I've had has come from going through the fire, right? So I'd love to, I'd love to ask you this. At what point did you realize that all of that stuff you know, all the hard stuff, so to speak, was was um, fortituding you into who you are today? You know, it's probably, you know, when you're a young boy, my, my mom had a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. Each and every single one of us in your muscles, you have amyloids. If you have an excess, you have amyloidosis. At the right. time of her diagnosis, two hospitals in the United States treating the disease, uh, first doctor she really met worth that, that was an expert on amyloidosis said she had two to four years to live second woman under 40. So you're talking about the rarest of the rare. I'm just a little boy who, when my mom had 24 hour nursing care, she'd come to the dinner table to ask me how my day was at school every day. And when you're a young boy, I don't think you necessarily understand the strength that you have inside of you, right? You don't necessarily understand the amazing lessons my mother was teaching me. It's when you get a little bit older and you start to reflect back on it that you realize it. And I, you know, I would say, Nick, it was probably around the high school age where you started to realize like, I'm fighting for my mom. The things that I'm doing is like, I wanna make her proud. And you, you become very clear on what I now call is your burn. And I believe everybody has a burn. You've got a fire inside of you. That's the name of our podcast. And, you know, a lot of speakers and coaches that do the work that I do, they talk about why and purpose, but they forget to talk about the burn, right? Your adversity and challenge has put a burn in your life that ignites why and purpose that then causes you to take the action that most people are unwilling to take. And so I think for me, it was probably those high school years and then having coaches and people to support me through my pain to help me realize I did have great strength. Got it. Do you think everyone has to have that burn to be great? Well, I think everybody has to identify at some point in time what that burn is. Now, I would never wish my challenge and adversity on anybody. I don't think you'd ever wish your challenge and adversity on anybody. But I think what we would wish for somebody is if you haven't been through the challenge, you haven't been through the pain that we've been through, that you still identify maybe there's somebody who's made sacrifice for you. Maybe there's somebody that you're currently sacrificing for, but identify that underlying deep rooted burn. And I found that the highest level of champions in business and in sports they clearly understand what that burn is, and it does make a difference in how. They I just show find up. that a lot of people who have been on this show, you know, people who have had great successes either in, you know, the, the business world, the sporting world, whatever it is, have had some form of adversity 
and and you know not to say that there are you know different levels one one person's challenge is bigger or better or whatever than others but they've always had something that they've had to overcome and by going through that that builds a certain amount of resilience maybe strength confidence in themselves which allows them to i mean go on and, and create what they create that, that's what i mean by the burn and your your point Correct. And wouldn't you say for you, Nick, that now because of what you've been through, there's perspective, right? Oh, yeah. You and I could go into a business deal together. Business isn't going well. And you could say, no, no, I've got perspective. I've been through worse. Hey, Ben, we can make it through this, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think sometimes you attract people like that around you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I tend to, I tend to sort of, you know, when I go out and sort of hang out with my peer groups and whatever else, there's a certain appreciation for people who have had to go through some form of challenge to get to where they get to, right? And then Correct. the other thing that sits on the other side of that, which I think you've talked about too, is is the gratitude that comes from it. The, the respect that you have for the people as you sit around you, but also what you've had to endure. And that and that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Uncommon Leadership. You know, I think a lot of times people expect, oh, you know, Ben's I worked with Alabama, right? The, the top yeah, yeah. arguably Crimson college tied. football team ever, <laughs> right? And I've worked with Super Bowl champions year over year over year and NFL and UFC and all these other sports. They probably thought I would write a book about me, but I wanted to write a book about people that have helped me, people who have helped shape. How do I think? How do I show up in life? And I've been blessed to have so many mentors and coaches who picked me up off that mat of life when I felt like I had nothing to keep moving. And so I wanted to highlight 11 leaders that are uncommon in how they show up, uncommon in how they lead, uncommon in the consistency of their behaviors, and honor them because they're the ones through who their lessons help us become better. And I, I think that's what your show's all about, right? You it is. Continue oh, it to is. And this those is individuals who help absolutely. us understand we could give so much more and we're never finished. The thing that surprised me about the book, though, is as I look through the different stories, it wasn't that uncommon. Now, I caveat that by saying, you know, like I said beforehand, perhaps you and I surround ourselves with people like that. And so therefore the traits that we see are more known to us. But but I want to pick on this a bit. Why, why uncommon? Why do you think it's uncommon? Is it just because these rare individuals that you've had experience with, or do you think that not many people act like that? Well, you know, I, I think when you look at some of the individual stories, right? <clears throat> Take uh, Coach Saban at Alabama. Yeah arguably one of the greatest coaches to ever coach anything, even if you don't like football. I mean, this man was rated the number 11 leader in the world by Forbes magazine, not coach, leader in the world a handful of years ago. He's won more national championships. He's won seven national championships. That's more than any other coach in, in, in the history of coaching, yet he still shows up wanting more, wanting to be better. How can we improve? Nick, that's uncommon. There's some coaches, they win one and they say, what a blessing we got to one and they change how they show up. Every time he wins, he gets hungrier. I think of Shante Lowe, the four-time Olympian, cancer, breast cancer. And even with breast cancer, she was training for the Olympics. She's competing. She's going to the trials. She's winning medals while raising children, going through chemotherapy. Those things are uncommon because the world, I believe today, is protecting us to think smaller, to not take massive action. And when you face challenge and adversity, just sit on the sideline, don't go back into the game. Yeah. And so I think these individuals do show us that when you are uncommon and you do understand that burn, you keep showing up 
regardless of challenge and adversity or how much winning you've done. What's the common thread between the people that you've um, profiled in the book? I, I would say that the common denominator is to be the example, mm, right? Okay. Each one of these leaders understood, I have to be the example for my children who are watching my behavior, the individuals that I'm blessed to have the opportunity to coach, to be the example, and they have tremendous discipline, and discipline wins. You know, in order to compete at your highest possible level, you got to be disciplined. And then they all do what I call the unrequired. The unrequired is the little bit extra. It's the things that other people can't see, they don't want to do, they don't even want to talk about. But I found that the highest performers, once again, sports and business, they don't just do what's required of them, they do the little bit extra. And that creates distance for them to write and, and compete and to win championships. Yeah, okay, I get it. And and in terms of internal sort of characteristics, so the things that drive these individuals, did you see anything as you were, particularly as you're writing the book? Because I think sometimes when when you write or like I do with podcasting, different things connect, right? Was there anything that you sort of that you thought there, there is a common thread of what drives them to actually do this? And it maybe yeah. So maybe there's a the concept that. Sorry. There's a concept we often share, and it's actually the, the fourth volume of your mental toughness playbook is getting ready to come out. It's all of our mental training tools that we've used. And I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this for 16 years. So this isn't something that I, that I just started doing. But probably one of the most common lessons that people, um, that really resonates is what I call standard over feelings. And they, they dominate a standard. They don't allow their feelings to dictate how they show up. And I think that's one thing that each one of these performers, each one of these leaders embodies is that there's a standard that they live to. They don't allow their feelings to dictate how they show up. I love that. I haven't heard that before. I've heard, I've heard the, you know, the quickest way to change your life is to change your standards. You know, start to not tolerate the things that you may have tolerated previously. Well, if you think about it, Nick, you know, the periods of time, and I think oftentimes, you know, in, in interviews, you can highlight the things that people want to hear. But once again, it's the challenge and adversity. It's not just personal. I've been through tremendous business adversity. I think back to 2010, I was a financial advisor, also running this business, growing both businesses at the same time. I was writing paychecks back to the, back to the company that I worked for for reversals on commissions that were bigger than NFL game checks. I mean, it was like, oh, wow. I was like in a fight every day trying to figure out like, how in the world is, am I supposed to continue to move forward? And you realize in those moments when I needed my coaches, Nick, I still have two coaches. I still read books every day. I'm far from figuring it out. But in 2010, if it wasn't for my coach, getting me centered back on the disciplines because I was allowing my feelings to dictate. I was frustrated. I was angry. I'm tired of this. And he said, you got to just refocus on what makes you great. You know, at the time I was a top 1% financial advisor in the world. And I say that humbly, but it's not like I was a failed advisor who came into a coaching business. I was one of the top advisors going through a tough time. And he encouraged me to go back to the standard. So those feelings when things aren't going well, they can impact how you show up. But there's also what I call the seduction of success, right? When things are going really well, we stop doing the things that caused you to be successful. Yeah, and know. that's allowing your feelings to dictate <laughs> how you show up rather than saying when things are going well, just keep focused one day at a time. Keep working on that standard. Win one day at a time and you'll continue to win. 
So what was the point? So the transition you made then from, let's call it the world of corporate and business, because my background is private equity, right? So I, I had an event that happens and I then gave, I moved my whole life to something else. Was there anything like that that happened to you in the financial world that got you more into what you're doing now? Yeah. So what ended up happening was I was resisting my mentors who said, you need to go full-time into speaking, writing, coaching, right? And I was the one who was resisting saying, no, 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 I, I love this. I'm going to do 50-50, 50% of the time here, 50% of the <laughs> What's time What's that? They say, he who chases two rabbits catches none. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm sitting here thinking, well, I have two successful businesses. Why would you shut one down? And finally, once again, another one of my coaches I'll never forget. She said to me, she said, why are you trying to control something that's not in your control? She says, what would happen if every day you woke up and you said, God, I sac I surrender to whatever plan you have for me. Uh, Just surrender every morning and have awareness as to what opportunities open. And it was about a year later, Nick, 100% of my time was speaking, writing and coaching. So when you no longer have the time to answer your questions about your financial plan, you need to humbly walk uh, away and transition your business to somebody else who's actively taking care of the clients. And so I realized over time that, that God had a calling for me, no matter how much success I had as an advisor, and it was time to walk through a different door. Uh, there are so many parallels with, with other guests I've had on this show and also my own journey around that too. Don't you hate it when coaches say surrender? <laughs> You probably say because so you know I'm I'm a bit of an A type guy, private equity, you know, big deals, all that sort of stuff. And I was advised once to read a book by a guy called um, Michael Singer called The Surrender Experiment. And I don't know if you've read the book, but basically he um, he, he he surrenders to everything and then becomes this multi nine figure millionaire. But I, I think sometimes when you've got a certain personality type, right? The idea of not going, you know, 110 miles an hour and pushing and hustling and all that sort of stuff. It's really hard to break that habit, don't you think? So how did, how did you do that? How did you, how did you stop? Because I get the sense that before that, you were probably going at it pretty hard. Oh, I was going at it really hard. And, and here was the tough part, Nick. I had gone through that period of time of adversity where it would have been easy to quit. Okay, it would have been easy to quit and say, okay, when I was having those struggles, I'm writing more. That's the time that I could have quit. But my coach said, you're not quitting now. And then the other coach, right? So these two coaches, they're simultaneously giving me different messages. You can't quit. You're going to quit on your own terms if you have, if you ever leave. And you've got the other coach saying, just surrender every day. And what they both wow. ended up pushing me back to was stay focused on what you can control. And I think for each and every mm. single one of us, we know exactly what our best days look like. Like, Nick, I can say to you, for you to feel great today and to look in the mirror at the end of the day, because this is really my definition of winning. It's not these rings that you see or championships. It's your ability to look in the mirror at the end of every day and say, today, I gave it my very best. If you can do that, nobody can ever take that away from you. You can never ask any more of the, than your very best. And so for me, I realized they were pushing me to the process. Just be great one day at a time. You know what that looks like for you. I know what that looks like for me. But far too often, we as individuals have a tendency to tell people how great we want to be. But it's your action that tells the real story. So if you're behind where you want to be on your journey in life, you don't need to go talk to Nick about it. You don't need to go talk to me about it. It's got to start with you looking in the mirror and say, I can show up more consistently 
I have to stop trying to hold on to results that are completely out of my control. And I have to choose to focus on that process or that standard one day at a time. All right, let's go a little bit deeper into that. I like to get a bit practical in these conversations, if that's cool. So if someone's listening to this- Absolutely. And and, and hey, I'm not, not a motivational speaker. I'm a coach. So I, I, no, I, no, I, no. I, I know. And I also know if you're If we busting. just make people feel good and laugh and have a good time, we haven't done no, no, our no. job. I can tell that life. you're busting to get into it. So that's why we're going to go there. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, that all sounds great, Ben, right? But I just don't know what my, my first move is. Right. Like I get the idea that I need to own the day and I need to show up and I need to look in the mirror, but, but I just feel so overwhelmed with all the other stuff that I've built my life around. Where do you start? So I would start with this question. So for everybody, I would ask yourself. So, so think of it. If somebody's in sales, somebody's in private equity, somebody's a coach, somebody's in athletics, whatever it is that you do. Okay. And, and I believe in balance. I believe in mm -hmm. personal, professional, and you can have balance in life. A lot of coaches that do what I do say that doesn't exist. But for the purpose of just this conversation right now, I want you to focus on your business or your sport. And I want you, I want you to answer this question. What is the single most important daily discipline for you to know that you've given it your best? So if you only could pick one thing and when you do it, I know there's probably four or five or six things you have to do, but the single most important daily discipline or action step, I want everybody to answer for themselves. What is that one thing? Are you saying that's more or less like a habit? Something that you would so do repeatedly? So it could be, if, if it's private equity, you could say, I need to have 20 POCs a day. POC is what I call a point of contact when I do sales training, text message, email, phone call, LinkedIn message, right? There's so many ways to communicate, way more than there were when we came into the business world Sorry back in the day. <laughs> and so I call them points of contact. And so if it's 20 points of contact and you know that's your very best, then 20 is your very best. It's not six, right? It's not eight. It's not 12. It's 20. If it's sports, you may know that I need to focus on my nutrition and studying my playbook. I'm giving you two things, but nutrition and studying my playbook. Okay, 30 minutes on the playbook every day, good sound nutrition, that's 100% my control. So an action step or a discipline. So focus then, on the action. So repeated actions, yep. compounding over time. Sometimes Correct. The, and then, the one, yep. But then, but then here's the follow-up question. So once you've identified that single most important daily discipline, this is where we have to be honest with ourselves. Now, everybody, Nick didn't give you the answers. I didn't give you the answer. Everybody should have just thought about, put on your proverbial mental shelf or wrote down on paper, the single most important daily discipline for you to be successful. Now I want you to ask yourself over the last 30 days on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate yourself on doing what you just wrote down as the single most important thing? So if yours is mm, those 20 it. POCs, because you're in private equity looking for investors and you're looking to, to grow a book of business, if it's 20 POCs and you've been averaging 10 over the last 30 days, you're a five out of 10. How could you have an expectation of being successful if 50% of the time you're doing what you know you need to do to be successful. So I think a lot of times it's limiting our self-talk and actually identifying what the standard is and then just being consistent and living to the standard. And I found oftentimes, Nick, people aren't doing what they know they need to do. You know what you need to do. Oh, God, but yeah. when you actually ask yourself and evaluate a 30-day period of time, we're getting ready to finish the first quarter. 
a 90 day period of time, a six month period of time, you haven't been showing up and doing what you know you need to do. So rather than complaining one day at a time, just start doing what you know you need to do. I promise your pipeline will increase. You will have more opportunities to generate sales and you will win more. And what do you say to someone who's playing the victim card? Well, I mean, that, that's, that's back to the standard over feelings, right? I mean, do we even have a right to complain if we're not doing the things that we need to do? And that's where, look, you know, people are going to say, well, I don't get the referrals or I don't get this or I don't get that. Look, the business world that we live in today, Coach Saban, right? Arguably the greatest coach to ever coach anything. I sent the man a street sign in 2014 to get his attention from a quote that he said in a press conference. So, there, Nick, there's no excuses anymore, right? The easy thing is I've run out of names. I don't have anybody to call. I'm not connected to anybody. I'm out of my warm market. You got to be kidding me. With, with LinkedIn and all these different ways you can research people, you cannot run out of names anymore. Don't allow the world. And the world today is pushing people towards complacency, pushing people towards content, pushing people to excuses and saying that that's okay. Whether it's a coach, whether it's listening to Nick, whether it's a friend, surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you to silence your self-talk, not to listen to it and to not take action because of it. Boom. All right, there we go. That was the coaching Ben Newman. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of i mean there's a couple of things just before we move back into the book for a bit um if someone hey, Nick, you, don't even have to, you don't even have to go back into no, the book because no, i want to i want to ask about some coaching things. people no i know i know you love this i can see well you know what i can see i can see people's body language when it changes as well i watch for that and you were like ah oh, yeah let's get in <laughs> um if someone is unclear on what they're trying to progress though now again you might say everyone knows what they're trying to do but some people get really clouded like you know they, they're not quite sure what their ambition is so therefore to take action is misguided or they might be taking action in the wrong direction because they just haven't got that clarity of their end game or their future vision. How do you advise people to get really clear on what they want? Well, you know, a lot of times individuals, if they lack clarity, right, which is they, they lack vision, it could be lack of belief. I, I love asking people the question, grab your future and bring it to today. Like, what do you want your future to look like? Right. So if you're a 25 year old female and single, no kids yet, grab your future. Do you want kids? Do you do you want to be married? Do you want to own your own business? What are the things? Just let's have a conversation. What do you want in the future? And then start to make decisions today based upon the things that you say you want. So for me, when I was a 25 year old kid, as a financial advisor, just getting started, single, no kids, I thought about being the dad who went to every doctor's appointment, picked his kids up at school in sweats when he wanted to be in sweats with people looking at him going, does this dude have a job? And I had- <laughs> that, That's to, what the school run I looks like for me every morning, by the way, Ben. I, I'm pretty much, how I'm dressed now is how I pick the kids up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the same as me. So now we both get to do this full time. <laughs> But, you know, the point is, I thought about that. So even though I didn't even have children, I was deciding to work based upon the future freedom that I wanted when I mm. did have kids. And so I think a lot of times if you just really get lost in that question, grab your future, bring it to today, it can help you establish clarity.
Yeah, the thing that changed it for me, just to kind of jump onto that, is I wrote effectively what my world looked like 20 years down the track. And some mm. people struggle with that, so it doesn't have to be 20. It could be five years. But I, I, I went forward when my kids were grown up, and I thought, how do I want to be then? Like, if they're living around the world, I don't want to be the guy who can't travel anywhere at any time to see them, just at the drop of a hat. You know, what did I want around me? What sort of circle of people? And I wrote it all down, you know, really, really clearly. And to this day, right, I still look at that and I focus on that. And I have a, a, a stuff over here you can't see, which is 10 years, 10 goals. And every year Love I take it. Off, it off, right? And it's like a cumulative thing, but it drives me, you know? And I think sometimes people just need to understand you've just got to create the future that you want to step into, right? That's just, what, so here... Here's here's what I would say, you know, as an action step for all your all your listeners. Here's the coaching again, rather than being a motivation. Oh, you love this. Look at that. Yeah. fleeting. So you've <laughs> got list 10, 10 years, 10 goals. And I'm sharing for those of you that maybe don't have the clarity, grab your future and bring it today. Take Nick's example. Right. Maybe, maybe write your list and then share that with Nick. Right. Share yeah, cool. that with Nick and say, Nick, you inspired me with the choice that you made. And then, Nick, it's pretty cool that you've set up your environment to keep that right in front of you. What did Nick say? He didn't say, oh, I wrote that down once and let me go find it. That's a good reminder. He said, hey, I did this. And by the way, it's right here. Yeah. So Nick has made a choice to set up his environment to see where he wants to go. And a lot of times people will listen to a podcast like this. They'll make their list and then they don't even know what the hell happened to their list three months from now. I know, I know. They, they don't and know where it is. I used to be a bit like that. In fact, it was funny. I did something a number of years ago where I wrote down a number of goals in an old journal, put it, put it away somewhere. And then I found the journal, right? <laughs> and you open it up and go, well, tick, 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 tick. All these things happened, right? But these days I'm much more intentional with it. And as I said, I look at it every morning. It's just here. And, and there's, a, there's some big stuff on there, right? Stuff that I've done before that I want to revisit. There's stuff that I call unfinished business as well, right? And things that I haven't experienced, but every day I look at it. It's great fun. All right, last last question, right? Last question. Of 11 amazing stories in Uncommon Leadership, is there one that that you just, when you, when you read it, it just absolutely blows your mind? Well, it's my mom. I mean, you know, my, my mom is my burn. It's what I fight for every day. And, you know, connecting to my burn and the ability to continue to write my mother's story. You know, she passed 11 days before my eighth birthday, passed the pen that she was writing with in a journal that she had. You know, she passed the pen that those 11 days before my eighth birthday to continue to write her story. That's my burn. And my mother, the, the 11th chapter, the 11th story taught me the greatest life lesson I've ever learned. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. So I'd say to everybody listening, thank you for the opportunity to be with you. Nick, thanks for having me. But choose, choose to do the things that you know you need to do so that you can go write one hell of a story. Ben Newman, that is the way to finish a show. <laughs> with words of wisdom. Um, thank you, sir. This has been great. We could keep talking for ages, I'm sure, and we could keep going backwards and forwards on coaching for everybody. Uh, I'm very appreciative of your time, and it's been great having you on Scale Up today. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, 
If you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.